When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hit that. You already know who it is. It's Danny Limelight, the Puerto Rican poppy, short and stocky, hit like Rocky. The most radioactive professional wrestler. Just reminding you to subscribe, like, and check out Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Mi gente, don't forget it. Yeah. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Hodder. I just got this feeling. It's episode 63 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, and my guest... All the way from New York City is the biggest wrestler ever, Franco Varga. Franco has wrestled around the globe. He's been in the UK. It was cool to listen to all his stories about some of his experiences across the world. And you'll get to hear about this at length. He's also the School of Morton heavyweight champion at the moment. Viewing figures have soared since he's been champion too. He's got in there with some of the biggest guys in modern times with Brian Cage. And the legends, the Barbarian, the Warlord. There's a funny story about that too. You'll get to hear about all this and more today on episode 63 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast with the biggest wrestler ever, Franco Varga. Enjoy. My guest this afternoon, this morning where he is, all the way from New York, New York City specifically, it is Mr. Franco Varga. How are you, Franco? How's What's things? What's going on? What's going on? Thanks. You, you left out, you know, the biggest wrestler Ever Franco Varga, but I, I'll forgive it this time. You can, right. <laughs> you can have that on, man. It's perfect. It's perfect for you to add on. I've got to say a big thank you to Justin Clapper putting us in contact with one another as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. definitely. How are things, man? More currently, like the pandemic times. I'm going to speak to you a bit more current than normal. Yeah, no, I think um, it's it's more of uh, everyone's kind of starting to kind of get. Um, an understanding of of everything and it's it's been a little more manageable um from where we were months ago uh in america and uh we're still you know really high in the numbers you know it's it's, it's a stubborn country we're <laughs> we're very stubborn uh, but as far as wrestling and the pandemic goes 
you know, everyone's trying to do what, like, remain socially responsible, especially myself. I took myself off a lot of shows, and I'm only doing uh, a few ones, like, like the School of Morton, uh, you know, down in Tennessee with with uh, Ricky Morton and those and those guys, because I believe in that product, and I promised them that I'd help them grow that product. So, so yeah, um, Ricky's one of the people that have helped me throughout my career. Um, so I, I felt like I owed it to him. And then as far as, like... Um, being socially res- responsible and not doing a lot of shows and telling people to just, just watch this online. Um, that's kind of what everyone's, you know, doing, especially if, you know, if I can speak for myself, uh, that's what I've been doing. That's cool, man. When did it all begin for you? I'm going to go right back. When did the career begin? The training? I think that'll be yeah. Oh man. Um, wow. 2012. And, um, I was I was playing American football, you know, and at the time a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, we're going to college." College. I never played professionally. I mean, I wish, but um, but uh, you know, in college, and a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, I'm going to this wrestling thing," and I was like, "Whoa, WWE!" Like, and he's just like, "No, independent wrestling." And I had no idea <laughs> what independent wrestling was at the time. So I go with him, and it's just like a normal workout and a bunch of things, and and I just fell in love with it that day, where I was just like, "Man, like." Out of the 14 guys, I'm the only guy being asked, you know, it was just an awkward car ride back um, to campus because <laughs> you didn't even think, um, you know, I, I didn't even know about it. And so maybe uh, he would have been picked if I didn't know. I don't know. But we still talk to this day. But <laughs> we should but, fall uh, out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it would have been him. I don't know. But uh, out of the 14 guys, I ended up being the one picked for the, for the school, the camp there. So I ended up uh, training and falling in love with it. And then um, I knew I didn't want to play football professionally or anything like that. So that's kind of where, where, you know, a lot of doors started opening up for me when I kind of started going in 100%. That's cool, man. That's cool. When was um, – how long was it until your first match? Oh, boy. I uh, – yeah, I – I'm glad they took the time with me because some guys are, you know, a couple months and then a match and it's, you know, so I actually was eight months, eight, almost nine months in um, before I had like the first taste. And it was a tag team match down in uh, Amarillo, Texas, legendary little, you know, town for, for, for uh, wrestling. But as far as everything else, you know, not so much, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was, you know, the tag team match, it was a good learning experience. And that's when I knew, like, I got given the thumbs up to start doing singles matches. And I did. And, and um, it was, you know, off to the races. But, uh, but yeah, eight, nine months is what I, you know. Uh, and then, of course, I continued to train. I, I made me want to train even more. And some doors opened to go to Puerto Rico for three months. And I was literally training every day and wrestling almost every day. So, so yeah, you know, it was uh, nonstop training. I always say learn something new every day. So, so yeah. How was it putting together the moves, Franco, in the early times of the career and, and the training? How was yeah. that for you? No, I, you know, I learned from someone who was, who was trained by Les Thatcher. So like I got, I, what I feel a really good base. Um, I got from just talking to people over the years and their training experiences and their schools and stuff. I got a really heavy, heavy dose of psychology up front in the beginning of my career, um, which I'm thankful for, um, that's just something that I've never been into the, all the flips and the things I think I've always said, like, if, if a thousand people are in the crowd, a thousand people have probably been punched in the face before versus taking a Canadian destroyer, you know? So, <laughs> so 
I think if I can connect to them that way and then be the guy that they love or hate um, through a bunch of verbal communication and this, this being invested, I've always felt like that was always missing from when I remember wrestling as a kid and watching it with my grandma and watching her damn near take her slipper off and want to throw it at the TV. Right. And I was just like, how come, what happened to wrestling? Like, like there's no reaction like that anymore. And that's kind of what I want personally to bring back to wrestling. Like every time I go in the ring, I want someone to want to take the shoe off and throw it at me. Um, <laughs> that's that mad. I want them to get that mad and forget like, yeah, the cat's out of the bag and yeah, kayfabe and all that stuff, you know, but I want them to still get that upset and, uh, and want to throw a shoe at me or something. So like my grandma used to do at the TV when I was, uh, you know, a three-year-old. Right. So, um, that's kind of what I want for, for wrestling in my, my wrestling, at least. Who've been some of the guys that you've really, really enjoyed getting in there with. I'm sure there's been many, you can think off the top of your head some of the guys that you know standout matches that you've had and guys that you yeah. really appreciate getting in there with. If, if that's yeah, right. some of ma- some of the matches that I'm really really proud of over the years. I mean, uh, I've always been super impressed with um, my exhibition title match with, with Brian Cage. Um, he was the champion at the time, and it was a lot of hype, and it was just like. This is one of those matches where I was like, man, I hope I can hang, you know, and and I was like very proud of myself. He was he was very proud of the match himself. And just the amount of things that I learned from that match and the things that I could contribute to that match psychology wise, like we had to pause and say, oh, yeah, that is a good idea, Frank. Let's do that. Like I that's one of those matches that that, that showed me per, on a personal level, like I, I belong. This is what I want to do. And this is, you know, I'm going to keep learning and keep doing this and then of course uh you know the like carlito we never got to work t- together in, in puerto rico when i was there and I, I think he was yeah no i i don't think he was even wrestling at the time um like taking matches i mean he's been wrestling a lot longer than i have but i mean like taking matches but i went and worked for his dad for three months so finally wrestling him in a damn near small sellout um because there was, I think there was limited seats, like 250 or something like that in Ohio of all places. Um, so that was another really, really fun one for me. Um, of, of course, like wrestling um, some of my, you know, Ricky Morton, <laughs> um, wrestling Ricky Morton in Philadelphia was one of like one of those where you just learn to, you learn to relax, you learn what's important and you learn to, to flow, you know, instead of just putting everything together, like a lot of us are taught now, putting everything together and, you know, it kind of takes away from the art and like Ricky reminds me of like working with Ricky, working with Tuco Scorpio, that those, working with those kinds of guys, this reminds me that like, let's preserve the art and like, let's go out there and give the people what they want, not what we want, you know? Um, I can, I'd want to do a thousand moves, um, but it doesn't make any sense and it stops being entertaining after a while. So that's kind of what, so working with those those kinds of you know those guys over the years, man, it, yeah, there's so many matches that I'm proud of. Um, yeah, I mean the the, the barbarian and the warlord. That's another oh, one. Wow, big tough guys, you know. And <laughs> I made I made the mistake of calling them, you know, grandpa and stuff like that, just messing with them because we have a little bit of relationship, and they took it out of me in the ring. And they, uh, this this video out there, uh, um, warlord gives me a pretty stiff shot and then goes, how's that for an old man? And I'm like, okay, let's calm down. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what did he say when you said sorry? 
yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just messing with you, kid. Let's let's you know, let's go back to wrestling. But yeah, it was pretty harsh. So I was like, oh god, I, I guess I pissed you off finally. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, no, working with those guys over the years, I've, I've been blessed, man. I've been been blessed to to learn from those guys that are um, not enough people. I've been I've been in countless locker rooms where. I, I don't know if it's out of fear or arrogance or what, but not enough people go up to those guys and say, Hey, watch my match. Or, Hey, what do you think of this? Or, Hey, what did you do this? Or, what Like you gotta, you gotta remember these guys were wrestling when people were getting turned away from buildings, people were flipping cars. You know, there was all sorts of, uh, it was in a time where wrestling, they called it the golden age of wrestling for a reason. Like people were making serious livings off of wrestling back then. Um, where I'm comfortably, I'm comfortable now, but I'm not driving a Mercedes Benz or anything like that, you know, like they were back in the day. Uh, so I think I like to learn from those guys because they, they had something that, uh, that was, you know, being lost over the, over the years. It's, it's being lost, you know, it's trickling down into what, you know, I think we just need to preserve that information and that, that, that knowledge. So that's kind of what I, I try to do personally. Franco, I think it'd be good now talking about back, backstage etiquette. The, the array of guys you've been in there with, what are your tips for new promising hopeful guys that want to come into the business? That'll be the next one, I think, the next progression. For me yeah, no, so I think, so my first, uh, I, uh, you know, my career, I'm almost at what, eight, eight, I'm already eight years, almost nine years now. And um, it changes after a while. Like, uh so, so a good example, like I, it, the first four or five years, I would just shut up and listen and yes or no, sir, whatever, whatever, you know, it is. And then like, as of late, I just been noticing, like, um, I'll go sit in a corner. I've always been just, you know, find a corner, sit down set set up my stuff, blah, 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 do my thing. Where now I start to see more people gravitate, um, towards me and want to sit near me and want to ask me and uh, and I, I found it to be weird I'm like why are you asking me it's just I'm just Franco Varga you know I'm just but to, it changes over time so like your etiquette has to change over time in the beginning it's learn as much as possible be uh just be a sponge and then over time when people start to see you as that name like uh the guy I went to Australia and wrestled it was my first, my big debut there. And, and a lot of the, it was crazy to, that I even had a line, uh, people to come meet me. And I, that's just something like, I guess I'm just humble. Or I don't know, but I've always been like, I understand someone coming to meet Hogan or something, you know, but I was like, it's, there's this, these people are here to meet me. Like, I'm just like, this is insane. And then the guy I wrestled, um, he's just like, dude, I've, I've been watching you for years. Um, been hearing about you for years i watched the road to glory you just did in england like yada 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 and i'm just like oh man so it changes where like now i have to help this guy you know calm down well for one calm down because we're about to go out there and wrestle and i don't want him to be all nervous you know <laughs> and then for two like even if i don't think that i'm a big star in my own right to myself I, you have to you don't want to be, you know, an a-hole or you don't want to be like, you know, passive about it. Cause I've been, I've been told like, ah, you know, I met you and uh, you know, you were, you were awesome, but you were super passive. And it just was kind of like, I couldn't read you. So I try to respectfully say like, okay, you know, you know, it's just me. Um, let's just, uh, um, 
let's just, you know, do the thing and let's just get through our stuff. And then, and then we'll, you know, we'll do whatever you want, pictures, whatever it is. You know, I try not to treat people like fans. I try to treat fans like fans. Like there's a whole different thing, but as far as etiquette in the, in the locker room goes, like it does change. And like, that's, that would be my, my major advice to people is like, know and feel the change and know when it is, when it's time to change. Like sometimes I used to refuse to give advice for a long time because I felt like it wasn't my place for a long time. And then um, I, I guess I people the wrong way because I felt like, Oh no, uh, Ron Simmons is here or Ricky Martin's here, or these people are here who have, who have, who I would look out, you know, for advice. Why come ask me? And it's like, they're not asking them for a reason. They're asking me for a reason. So like, instead of saying, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. You should go ask them while they're here. And, you know, um, just give them, give them what they want. And like the etiquette it does change. It, it goes from being a sponge to, to helping the sponges over time, you know? So um, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even imagine, like uh, I've avoided WWE my entire career. So I couldn't even imagine um, just how it, how it changes again, you know, once, once you're, you know, on major TV and, and I, I'm, I'm happy that I am one of those examples where you don't, you don't really need to be on TV every day to, to make some money doing this and to, to get some notoriety doing this, especially in, in different countries. Cause if people forget, like there's way more wrestling than there is outside of, of you know, the U, the U S especially uh, in the UK, I couldn't even dude, I couldn't even go. I, I, I checked out London uh, for a day and I got spotted a couple of times in, in Blackpool and things like that. And I was just like, they're like, get your butt back in the tower circus because if you, if they see you out there, they're not going to buy tickets and they already saw you. So um, so it's one of it was, it was weird to me. I, I, I've never, I'm never going to cope with being, you know, my, me, I guess. <laughs> so, how, yeah. how is it differed? Obviously you've been booked in the UK. Yeah. How, how does the crowd differ to the U S crowd? Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah, no big time because it's the UK, especially they're super rowdy. Um, it's like either the show is in a pub or next to a pub or the show is a pub, you know, <laughs> The UK is one of those weird, those weird places where it's, uh, it's, they're super rowdy. They know what they want. They, the harder you hit a guy, the harder the crowd gets, you know, crazier the crowd gets, but the more chain wrestling you do, the, the crisper your things are, the, 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 the crazier the crowd gets is one of those, um, it's one of those weird crowds, but it's also like in their own right, you, you have, there's a, there's a, there's a UK scene and there's a UK style in its own right, because, it's it's totally different to everything you know japan it's it's very quiet um but it's people call them respectful they're, it's not that they're respectful they're 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 very focused on the wrestling and they don't want to miss anything no one's on their phones no one's getting drunk it's it's a it's a it's a time to something they actually enjoy to fully watch and understand so it's not like they're not that they're quiet because they don't want to they're trying to be respectful. They're quiet because they're focused on you. So you, you have to be very, very good. Um, you got to really be on your P's and Q's, you know, um, that night, especially. So, and then Australia is there, you know, they're kind of like the UK, but they, uh, they're some of the best trash talkers I've ever met in, uh, in Australia. Um, and then, you know, Puerto Rico is another, another, oh man, it's just insane. It's, it's insane. You know, I was telling you about my grandmother taking her, her shoe off and throwing it at the TV while 
they do that in person. <laughs> and the, cra- <laughs> the craziest thing I, I know I've heard, I've heard like, uh, gosh, the, I mean, the craziest thing I've seen thrown, and I thank God I was a baby face. The craziest thing I've ever seen thrown was a nine volt battery at somebody. And that's a pretty thick, you know, battery. So I've heard like melons and uh, cups of piss. And, uh, you know, they, they put the tarps over you when you come out because people would pour that stuff on you. Um, so Puerto Rico's insane, it, it, but it's it's great. It's an awesome place to learn and and um, and go and and yeah. But don't go out too late, you know. <laughs> it's 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 also pretty pretty scary in certain parts at night. So, but uh, yeah, the crowds definitely differ. I think it's it it's what keeps it you know it keeps it fun. It keeps it uh it keeps you wanting to be better and, and learn new things. Is for the fans, at least for me. That's my perspective on it. Is I, I want to learn new things and bring new things to the table for the fans, you know. Um, there's nothing wrong with being that five moves of doom wrestler uh, that does five great, great things, and you're really, really good at five things. Um, but I've always, you know, wanted to be very crisp and also bring that character to, to you know, those fans. So either they love me or they hate me. You're well-traveled, Franco. All them places you've been, man. Incredible. That's incredible, man. Fair play. Yeah, it was my number one goal. You know, I like I said, um, I a lot of people want to do WWE. A lot of people want to do, you know, be on TV every day. I, I didn't really want to do the whole 300 uh, days a year thing. I'd rather work a good solid 150 maybe days a year. But I got to do uh, tours, and and then next year, hopefully, with um, it was canceled this this year. It should have been twenty twenty, but uh, India um, with wow. the CWE, yeah. So hopefully that doesn't, you know, with restrictions and everything being safe and all that. Hopefully nothing uh, gets canceled this time around. But that'll be that's a, that was definitely on my number, you know, almost number one place to go wrestle because that's another place where you're talking seventy five hundred people at a regular show. So that's not even their version of WrestleMania. Their WrestleMania is like 17, I think it was 20,000 people damn near. So for an independent wrestling yeah, show. It's, so yeah, it's huge. What they're doing, drawing them numbers. I know, it's, I know it's a huge country, but it's the eyes on you when you get there. Yeah. How many people yeah. are going to see you over there? It's like population of a billion people. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I got, I got very heartbroken when I got uh, emailed the... Uh, the marketing materials for it and then it was canceled i was like oh no you know that stuff i i, I still like i want to print it out and still like cherish that like oh this almost happened but i'm also holding out hope for 2021 for it to actually go through and, and for me to actually go over there and wrestle and and help train with the school because you know great colleague's got his, this huge school and he's got this huge following over there so so yeah hopefully that you know it does happen but of course i wouldn't do it if it wasn't safe to go and it wasn't safe for the fans to come out and and every everybody to make a profit and, and have fun doing it so just to go back to the shows in the uk which guys that you've been on shows with uk guys now have you been impressed with i'd like to know franco's guys yeah. that stood out franco's uk guys we'll call this a little bit yeah franco's uk guys so um yes reese love the guy very very good um he i think is a is just like an action figure in in real life you know, so, <laughs> uh, of course, you know, uh, there's Yes and Reese, there's, there's Rampage Brown, 
one a very 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 good and um i just heard he, he actually finally did go sign with wwe so there so there goes that i don't know if uh, if i'll get the opportunity to work with him this coming tour in march i don't know how his things will go um but that would be one of those matches where i've been t- i've been told you and you and uh rampage let's you know let's get that match and and if the promoters are excited you know the fans are excited so it'd be a letdown but you know i'm happy for him and uh you know eventually if the guy's been doing it 20 years eventually he's got to get paid you know um of course gosh i mean there's joey hayes love joey mm-hmm. very very good another veteran huge in the scene i can't wait for it to see him finally you know sign and get paid and get those big bucks over there uh bruce wheeler love me some bruce he's a little you know newer in the business uh big t justice awesome guy uh doesn't get the credit that he deserves the guy's seven foot tall i mean come you can't you can't teach that you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then uh man i mean there's there's so many really 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 good ones um it, on the female side of course there's uh um wow night nightshade you know um she's very good um of course the sheik il sham how could i almost forget sheik il sham uh very very impressed with him um he actually screwed me over in the road to glory if you watched it on tv so a lot of people are expecting me to you know i'm I'm coming i'm coming you owe him yeah definitely owe him a little more than one one okay But yeah, no, this the UK. Um, I was very impressed with the with the UK guys when I was over there, and they're very very accommodating. Um, I love the the PCW was was awesome, awesome, awesome to me. Um, and then title, title, and progress, and all these other promotions. Um, uh, Rev Pro, you know. So there's a ton, there's a ton that that I'm excited to work with and in the future, and of course. Uh, the PCW fans have been yelling and screaming since I got on that plane for me to come back. So we're finally doing it. That's cool, man. I want to go back to when you were watching wrestling with your grandmother. Yeah. What were some of the standout moments for you as a child of wrestling? Hiya, man. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, man, standout, you know, I think how she reacted to guys like Hogan and, um, you know the the American stuff, like the WWF stuff, and, and then how that was different to the more local stuff, the WWC stuff. I think um, I think that we all, just like my grandmother, have, have a little more of a connection to our local independent stuff than we would like the national WWF stuff. And it's hard to keep a connection on a national stage with, with people. Um, but I think. Yeah, her, her Tito Santana's and her, you know, she loved certain guys. She loved the big, long hair, muscly guys. <laughs> uh, and she was a huge, you know, baby face fan. She loved her baby faces. So, yeah, um, that made me really, really want to be a baby face in the beginning. Um, and I was kind of told, like, you have a baby face face. <laughs> so, so I wanted after after actually being in the business a year, I was like, man, I really want to be a heel. Like the bad guys have so much more fun. Um, but I had a baby face face for a long time. But uh, of, of what I want, I want my character. What my, I want my brand. Wrestling, um, that's kind of what. That's how I go into every match. Is okay. How can how do we get a reaction? How do we get these people to remember uh, who we are after the match? Um, if you go home. And uh, you're thinking, man, I really hate that Franco Vargas guy. I can't wait to come back and see him get his face punched in. Then I did my job. And 
that's kind of my my um, my aim for every match. Is yeah, come back and watch me get my butt kicked, please. <laughs> so. Which which guys do you think didn't get to the level they should have done when you were watching it when you were younger? Guys that should have achieved yeah, no. that didn't. Yeah, I think um, you know. Personally, I thought Vader should have been a bigger name than he was. Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of things, the politics and the business kind of, you know. And then uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, another one. Um, I think the guys like Tito Santana should, they, you know, should have had bigger runs. But, of course, you're, you're dealing with mega stars like Hogan. Um, you know, Tito was still kind of relevant when the Attitude Era kind of came around. So that hurt him, you know, because now you're talking Austin, Rock. Jericho, Cena, Kurt Angle. I mean, there's a, a – and the world is changing. So, you know, the world changes every five years as far as the attitude. So the the, the death of the babyface happened right around that attitude era. Everyone was a heel that was kind of working towards a, either a good goal or a bad goal. So the goals became what turned you a babyface or, or a heel in, in the normal, like, nature of things. But everyone kind of had that attitude and had a, an, a heelish, you know, attitude. So that's – that's what Drew started drawing people. So you couldn't just go out there and shake your fist and be just a really nice guy anymore. Um, so that hurt a lot of people. Um, I think, of course, you know, Bret Hart, I think is probably technically one of the best to ever do it. Literally, he tells you, right? <laughs> but uh, but I think he should have been, you know, if it wasn't for, again, a lot of things and WCW and all that, I think um, he would have been top, top, like, not, I mean, not just in Canada. I'm talking about in the world. Like he would have been the guy. He would have been. He would have surpassed Hogan. He would have surpassed Flair um, as far as the in the business itself goes. So, yeah, a lot of guys should have should have had you know um, bigger runs than they did. But there were some really really big shadows to you know casted by guys like Hogan and Cena, Orton, uh, Austin, Rock, Jericho. You know, so. Um, yeah, I still think that those guys should have, you know, there's 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 a ton of examples. I personally, I'm, I, a lot of people don't know this. I'm a huge Steve Blackman fan um, just because I felt like a guy like Steve Blackman, who didn't have a, a ton of experience in the beginning, um, he picked it up very, very fast, just like a guy like Kurt Angle did. And um, he could kick your face off, clean off if you wanted to. But he he had the, you know, he learned the pro wrestling so fast that he became like, you know, I'm a very good mid-level card kind of guy. Um, so I loved, I loved Steve Blackman. I loved the stuff they did with him. But in the long run, I mean, he he was like our version of our wrestling version of Steven Seagal. Um, and Steven Seagal is like one of those things that became a joke over time. So then Steve Blackman kind of faded out too. And it, so I always felt like Steve Blackman was one of those those guys that should have had a bigger a bigger push and you know taken a little more legitimately. Like today. We, we, we watched that blood sport and all these other, you know, shoot style wrestling things come around. And, and if Steve Blackman was, you know, in his prime now, he would, he would be making a killing. So, um, and that's another match that people throw around, you know, it's like Franco Barker versus Steve Blackman. Like <laughs> as, lo- <laughs> as long as it's a wrestling match, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think I would take Steve Blackman on in any karate aspect or yeah no way uh <laughs> no thanks <laughs> but but if it's in a wrestling match yeah I'd, yeah i'd love to, I'd love to. that's so, a good yeah. uh, you've encompassed a lot of guys out no it's cool good good answer who 
Who do you think got there that you didn't expect to get there? Who, who exceeded your expectations? Maybe as from a fan when you were a fan. And, and yeah, got oh man, holy grail. Yeah, I think you know I, I wasn't. <laughs> I always say um, I wasn't a huge fan of of the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. Um, I never really believed it. You know, it was kind of hokey to me. And um, after a while, I was just like, man, like everyone has a Stone Cold 316 shirt at school. <laughs> I'm just like, this guy's really popular. And I'm just like, yeah, I thought the nation or these other things that are like, you can tell this, you know, I love the, the, the draw, the super dramatic, super scripted portion of wrestling, the dramatic stuff, the sports entertainment portion of it. Um, I love that stuff, but uh, the actual Stone Cold stuff, I was like, yeah, you know, okay, he's beating up his boss. Like, how realistic is that? You know, like, after a while, I was just like, okay, like, that was cool, but, but no, he became a mega, mega, mega star, and I was just, he kind of won me over, too, and I wasn't a huge fan of his, so, um, yeah, he's one of the ones that, I know it's a little surprising, but I was, I wasn't, I thought that would fizzle out, you know? Cool. What about tag, tag wrestling, Franco? Because you've touched upon singles, who were some of your favorite tag teams back in the days? Yeah, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Express, I'm a little biased, but yeah, I love I love those guys. And um, uh, the Midnight Express, you know, on the heel side. And then, of course, um, God, the Nation as a tag team, any, any you know, version of that, the, the Freebirds. Um, and then the newer age stuff, you know, I, I do like the Young Bucks. I, I love what they bring to wrestling. Uh, they've... People say they damage wrestling. I don't think so. I just think they um, people people tend to label things, and that kind of is what hurt, hurts wrestling. Is like, as long as we don't try to label things, um, wrestling is wrestling, you know. So, um, but yeah, the Young Bucks, the Hardy Boys. I mean, there's been so many, so many really good ones. The Steiner Brothers. I'm a huge, huge fan of the Steiner Brothers. So yeah, um, tag team wrestling. I don't think is for me personally, but but I think. Um, we definitely need it in wrestling. And when it's done right, it's some of the biggest draws in wrestling. So, yeah. How, what are your thoughts on promotions you've, you've ran since COVID with, with no one in the stands? I know talent have come in and then AEW, slowly but surely, you're getting fans, mm-hmm. aren't you? Placed, like, far away from one another. What are your feelings about promotions still running shows through COVID and the pandemic? Yeah, you know, I thought that... Um, WWE was going to exploit their connections to to continue to run because they they have to. They're a billion dollar corporation, right? So you can't just stop doing shows. Um, and them having the the means to do it, I felt okay. Maybe you know um, I didn't look too harshly on it because it's they they were being safe and they had their own building and they you know so. I, but with AEW, the same same kind of thing. They had their own building and all that. It was more the independence that I felt like. Mm-hmm needed to stop mm-hmm. they needed to stop and people will you know like i said the connection people will be a little less harsh on um the national product than they are going to be on the independent product and it just hurts it hurts me inside to see a really really good card put on in the backyard just because they want to wrestle like i just wait just wait, you know, if, if the background is trees, I, I don't, I already check out, you know, I don't watch it. Um, so I just think like a lot of really, really good matches happened during COVID and they shouldn't have, we should have just waited. Um, so that was, I think this thing on the independent level, we should have just waited everything else, WrestleMania. I mean, there's nothing else on TV. So, 
Uh, people may call Vince horrible and all that, but he's also giving you something in a risky time. Um, he's giving you something to watch and something to care about, um, even if it's weird and there were no fans there. And, and Drew McIntyre probably had the, the most heartbreaking WrestleMania title win Absolutely. because there was, there was nobody there to celebrate it, you know. So, um, But at the same time, he could have just said, eh, we're packing it in and going home. And then there was, there'd be nothing. What were, what were we supposed to do? You know, watch old wrestling. I don't. <laughs> I was, I was gutted. I was gutted. He lost the belt to Orton. I know it was the third match, and it would have mm-hmm. canned Orton if he'd lost three, you know, in a yeah. row. But right. I know, I know they need the people in the stands for, for Drew to make it a bit more legitimate the run, and maybe he'll get it back. But yeah, yeah. I don't specifically think Orton needed the belt again, personally. And it, I mean, he's he does great work, and he's he's again. I don't know. He he just starts. It feels like he cares again. You know, I, I don't know if it's because it's Drew or because he knows he's getting to that those twilight years. You know, but it feels like that Randy Orton that used to care a lot like before. So I think this is a perfect time to to put it on Orton um, and to build up a new guy. What do you think of Drew as a as a wrestler? As a wrestler about what he what he puts uh, together and how he does it. Well, what stands out for you with Drew? Because I look at it from a fan perspective, so it'd be cool to see from a wrestler's perspective what it is that makes Drew the man he is now since coming back in 2017. Yeah, no, I met him when, uh, gosh, I think it was, a, it was Australia. I want to see Australia or uh, I'm pretty sure it was Australia. I met him when he like just first got like released and all that. And what stands out to me as a wrestler is... Um, his body, he just completely, just completely changed his body. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jinder Mahal. Um, they just completely turned their bodies around and um, and just look like completely different people, you know. So that's one of the hardest things. Where when you finally do get some time off, like the pandemic and all that, like it's the perfect time to rehab your body or take take care of things that are hurting every day, and uh, and you know change. So yeah, I applaud I applaud that. Um, he definitely took the time to look like a champion. So, um, so yeah, he, he definitely gained a lot of size <laughs> over the time. So I'd say that, I mean, he's always been a great worker. He's always been a great, you know, great in the ring, but, but his body, um, he definitely leaps and bounds as far as the changes. Be cool to see where they take him storyline wise now and what he's going to be, what he's going to be doing. I find that, you know, how long is he not going to have the belt for? Yeah, no, I think I think other than Roman Reigns, he's definitely the guy to watch. I think so. That's cool, man. That's cool, Franco. In terms of bookings nationally for you, and then we'll mm-hmm. talk about if what you had coming up in the UK. How how is it for bookings for yourself? Have you got anything coming up? No, I I um, I'm the current heavyweight champion at the School of Morton. Um, we draw about a hundred thousand concurrent viewers a week every Sunday, so it's a, it's a good place to be. Yeah, and and um, they've. You know, those guys, production and all that, they'll tell you specifically, like, they were in the 40s, 50s, and then I jumped on board, and they've, they've hit as high as 100,000. So, wow. you know, pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I I think that I've earned the right to – now they have, like, uh, viewers from all over the world where before they had a lot of local viewership and all that. So I think um, that's always what I will bring to the table, and I, and I understand that p- portion of the business where – um, I did a lot of work overseas, so I can bring that to any promotion. But as far as nationally, I'm just not really interested in anything right now. 
Um, I think I had a lot of, a lot of projects, um, personal projects that I was finally getting around to like, like, you know, the house and selling the house and all that. So as, so right, I was very distracted during the pandemic. So it was good. Um, so I, I didn't really sit around too much. Um, and then as far as a, a national product, no, I don't think, um, I've been told, I know there's interest, but I, I, uh, I just don't think there's interest on my end right now. And then um, I just don't want to be tied down. And I have a lot of things coming up like that, the UK tour in March and India in the summer. And those are things that I'm just not willing to give up right now. Is that, is that tidal within the UK or have you got other promotions on that tour yeah. in March? Yeah, so we can't, okay, so I can't really, like, officially, you know, yeah. but the one, the one, um, the UK one that kind of kicks off that tour is Tidal, yeah. Sweet. That's cool, man. That's Tidal's cool. a great, great, great promotion, especially in the UK, but all over the world, people know Tidal, so. Franco Varga, can you please plug your social media where we can find you? And yeah, yeah I, you know, I try to keep it super simple, no numbers, no, none of that. So it's, it's just one word at Franco wrestles all over, uh, Twitter, Facebook, even TikTok. I, can you believe it? I, I got a TikTok. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. so at Franco wrestles on, on all of them. And then, uh, FrancoVarga.com takes you to all links on all of my social media. So just make it super simple. Sweet, man. My guest on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today, all the way from New York City, Mr. Franco Varga. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Flying the flag for the UK from rugby, this is Evade Escape with their single, Already Know. This episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV. So go and check them out for anything wrestling related, old events, new events when we come out of COVID, podcasts, you name it, it's all there at Powered 4 TV. So find them across social media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.